Ladies and gentlemen, and to the fellas out there, the 100% of the fellas that my YouTube analytics tells me, welcome to the must-have running backs. You got to get these guys based on their ADP, their average draft position. I'm not talking about the obvious uh, first two or three running backs off the board. Based on where these four to five players today that we're going to talk about are going in your drafts, your fantasy football drafts early on, I think they're extreme value. Some players are going to bump up a few rounds. Some players are going to bump into likely the first round that are currently going in the second or third round. And I think that's the point that really needs to be hit home before we get into this video is that this is based on value, draft value. It's the average draft position. If you can get a guy in the 10th round who we're going to talk about one that I think is likely an eighth or ninth round pick, that is value. You are picking a player who is going to outperform their actual draft position and you want to do that with every single one of your picks. When you can get them to outperform it by two draft positions in two rounds, you're absolutely crushing your draft. When you can get a first round running back in the second or third round because people fail to realize the actual position this running back is in right now, go ahead and do it. This is the benefit of you watching this video so much earlier than some of the competitors in your leagues and just people in general in the fantasy community. These people are going to wait until the last minute to get educated on these players, these new rookies. You are going to get caught up on all of this stuff right now. So go ahead and check out the must-own rookie running backs, must-own rookie receivers, some of the running back rankings videos I have on here after you watch this one. But it is so imperative that you are in here starting early. Even if you're just doing this for bragging rights, go snag those bragging rights. This is just one entertainment for you, but two, I promise you these are going to be the most informational videos and informative videos that you can find on the Fantasy Football 2020 season. So please hit that subscribe button. Big one's about to pop up on the screen. I spend a ton of time making these videos and all I want in return is one for you to get some sort of value out of them by smashing that subscribe button, the like button, and the notification bell. All three of those things boost my rankings in the YouTube algorithm. So if you think that my, this video or some of my past ones are helpful, it allows more people to then see them if people are subscribing within the video. Question of the day for you right now. Would you rather have Devante Adams or DeAndre Hopkins heading into the 2020 fantasy football season? Let me know down below right now. Very similar profiles, the questions of Hopkins moving to Arizona. Let me know down below in the comment section and we can have a little bit of a conversation around that one. DeAndre Hopkins or Devante Adams. All right, take your shoes off, sit down, relax, and now let's get into this one, starting with the fellow on the screen behind me in Joe Mixon. In 2019, Joe Mixon played in all 16 games. Now in 2018, the season before, he did miss two games for a knee surgery that was supposed to take four to six weeks, and the guy got back on the field there after just two weeks. I believe there's a bye week in there as well, so not even a month, half that time frame, but he played all the games in 2019, and he played on 62% of the snaps, so 278 carries, had over 1,100 rushing yards and eight total touchdowns. Those 313 receptions plus rush attempts on the ground, the overall opportunities is what that actually comes out to, ended up being 17.4 per game. He was fifth in the NFL in overall carries. He was seventh in red zone touches with three per game and 19th in fantasy points per game at 14.1. Here's the really big kicker. He was number one in evaded tackles last year. Number one in, in missed tackles, forced evaded tackles. If he gets half of that going into the 2020 season, he's going to be an absolute monster because this offensive line can only get better. It just has to. They were decimated last year with injuries. In the offseason, the Bengals did some things in free agency, and then obviously, like every team does, in the NFL draft. They ended up franchise tagging A.J. Green in their free agency period. That's what they ended up doing with a 32-year-old wide receiver. Their subtractions in the offseason were a guard named John Miller. There was also Andy Dalton being released in cut, and then you also had no Tyler Eifert. He's going to be gone as well. Now, in the NFL draft is where they really bolstered a ton of things, including the quarterback position, drafting number one overall Joe Burrow out of the LSU champions college football champions in LSU last year. They also took with their first pick in the second round, T Higgins, a wide receiver out of Clemson, who is not supposed to be one of the most athletic wide receivers in this class, but based on the fit with 
Joe Burrow based on the fit in this Zach Taylor offense in Cincinnati, it looks like it actually will work out pretty well for him. And they also took a late round O-line. So the thing here was no real offseason additions in terms of their offensive line from free agency or the draft outside of a late round pick in the NFL draft. So not really a high caliber player. And they lost John Miller in free agency. So a little bit shocking, maybe, and surprising based on how bad their line was last year. But it was also a line that was just decimated with one, a player who was suspended, and then two, a ton, a ton of injuries. It was like left and right people were going down. So their goal here for the Bengals, I believe, is that they can probably just get some guys back and healthy, and it'll be a much better line because it's not supposed to profile out as one of the worst offensive lines. 31st in run blocking last year is absolutely ridiculous. And just think about that. Joe Mixon was that good, over 1,100 yards on the ground, eight total touchdowns with the 31st run blocking unit ahead of him due to those injuries. It's because he did it all on his own, creating yards after contact on his own, creating yards created in general because he had 109 evaded tackles. The guy was absolutely unreal. Imagine if they give him any running room to go through. He's going to pick up yards, then evade even more tackles and just be an absolute dynamite pick. The reason that Joe Mixon is a must-own running back for me based on his average draft position is because I have him as my sixth ranked running back. I have him as an overall top 12 player in drafts in many leagues right now are 12 person leagues for PPR format and he's going at like pick 18 pick 20 he's going midway through the second round towards the end of the second round that's not where he should be going Joe Mixon to me has the potential to be a top five overall running back he's right there in my rankings has the potential to be a top five fantasy scorer if he gets a decent line next year he was top five in rush attempts overall he was top 10 in so many areas like rushing yards with this bad offensive line in front of him he is an absolute value in my opinion I would not hesitate to take him in the first round if you're there at pick eight or pick nine in the first round of your drafts now Mixon's durability he has missed four games since coming into the league he missed two games in 2017 with a concussion and then those two games in 2018 that we talked about at the top where he should have missed really four to six weeks but he came back very very early on the positive side of it now his backfield competition there's something back there but it's not much Giovanni Bernard Trevion Williams and Rodney Anderson is the current depth chart now Giovanni Bernard did sign a two-year extension worth around 9.7 million last year he ended up seeing 53 carries for 170 yards and caught 30 of 43 targets for 234 yards now I honestly think Giovanni Bernard will be cut before the season starts not a lot of that money was guaranteed and he was absolute dust last year. He was 60th in yards per touch out of running backs last year. That is terrible for a running back being paid nearly $5 million per year. And they really like their 2019 six round rookie running back draft pick from last year. So going to be a sophomore this year in Trevion Williams, he did miss some games last year due to an injury and also was just buried on the depth chart. But now it looks like he might actually have a chance to potentially push Giovanni Bernard for that backup job. So to me, Joe Mixon is a no brainer as a, a top 10 pick in most fantasy drafts this season. I know he's threatening a holdout as I record this, but I don't think that's actually going to go through. His contract situation is very much different than those of Melvin Gordon and those of really Le'Veon Bell, who even Melvin Gordon's was different then, and that's why he didn't threaten the entire holdout. And also, I think Joe Mixon is smart enough to realize that he's not worth the one Le'Veon Bell money and how badly it turned out for both Le'Veon Bell and Melvin Gordon. In my opinion, when you forego a whole entire year of salaries, you're not ever going to make that up, especially in the prime of your career. So when he's on the board and you sit in there and there's all the guys around him that other people are taking hit the green draft button on Joe Mixon. You're not going to regret it in the first round or even the early second round if you're lucky there. And if he falls even further, go get him. Your league mates are just not thinking straight. Numero dos. All right, you got your shoes off. You're on the couch. You're chilling. What do you got in your hand? You got a beer. You got a water, whatever you're doing. Hope you still enjoy yourself. We're getting into number two now. And that is Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders is a top 15 running back pick for me. He's a top 15 overall pick for me. He's just outside of my top 10 at the running backs. In 2019, he played in all 16 games during his rookie season. He played on 53.7% of the snaps, saw 100 179 carries, had 50 receptions for over 500 yards, and a total of 1,327 yards and six 
touchdowns. He ended up seeing 14.3 touches per game, but that's not the number that I want to focus on all that much. He saw 19.6 touches per game over the final six games when Jordan Howard was not on the field. That is an elite number. That would have put him somewhere around the top seven, top eight running backs in the entire NFL last season during the beginning of the year when he was a rookie who wasn't getting a ton of run. Jordan Howard was there. It was a crowded backfield. It took some injuries. It took some people just not playing anymore, getting cut like Corey Clement last year for Miles Sanders to step on the field more. And then once Jordan Howard went down, he took on this workhorse role as being one of the five best running backs in the final month of the season for fantasy footballers last year. It helps that Philly ran the seventh most rushing plays last year. And it also helps that he saw 36 red zone attempts, the far majority of those down the stretch. So he was a goal line back, even as sort of an undersized 210 pound running back. He was a goal line back coming into his second year. You imagine he's going to put on five to 10 more pounds of muscle, and it's only going to get better for him as a three down back. He was seventh in receiving yards, 12th in receptions, 13th in targets, and he had the number one run blocking unit last year. So he had all these numbers, like top 12 in all these categories for running backs as primarily a backup for the first half of the season, or at least in a very strong running back by committee with Jordan Howard. Well, what did the Eagles do in the offseason? They got rid of Jordan Howard. He's now in Miami. Their additions were really none on the offensive side until they just signed Corey Clement to a one-year deal, which I don't think he's going to be that much of a factor. Corey Clement has been with the team before, was cut last year, mainly because of the running back depth and signing Miles Sanders. I think he'll be involved, but nothing too extreme. They mainly improved their defense with Darius Slay, Robbie Coleman, the cornerbacks from both Detroit and the Rams, and then they got Javon Hargrave up front out of Tampa Bay for a defensive tackle unit to even bolster their defensive line even more. Their subtractions were that they did lose Jason Peters to retirement, Nelson Aguilar they lost and is now on the Oakland Raiders, which I don't think they care too much about, and then Jordan Howard like we talked about. The NFL draft is where they went and just bolstered their offense, namely the wide receiver position. They traded during the draft for Marquise Goodwin, the former now San Francisco 49er. They took Jalen Rieger out of TCU in the first round, which I have a lot of upside and I believe in Jalen Rieger. They got Jalen Hurts in the second round. Uh, from Alabama, the quarterback, John Hightower, Quez Watkins, a couple of six-round tackles. So they walked away with four, four wide receivers from this draft overall. They walked away with a backup quarterback, a ton of offensive weapons to now put into this offense. Now, I do know some people are going to be a little bit concerned about the draft pick with Jalen Hurts. How are they going to use him? Will they put him in the backfield? Will they use him like a Taysom Hill? I do think that's a factor, but even look at Taysom Hill, who is now the golden child of these little option quarterbacks and gadget guys, quarterback players. And even he's only had like two, three rushing touchdowns in a couple of years with this team, the Saints. So I don't think it's going to hurt. Miles Sanders all that much, especially when you factor in that Jordan Howard is now gone. Miles Sanders' durability, at least from his first year and throughout college, has not been much of a concern. He played in all 16 games last year. There were points last season when he came out of the game for a couple of plays or even a quarter late in the season. He was dealing with a shoulder and MCL sprain for a couple of weeks, two weeks he was on the injury report, but for the most part, there's no major concerns there. His backfield competition is going to be Boston Scott, Elijah Holyfield, and Corey Clement for the most part. And now those guys all together might become some sort of an issue or maybe just two of them if they, most teams run with three running backs cut one of them likely Elijah Holyfield since Boston Scott actually produced last year and they just signed a one-year deal to Corey Clement so whenever the season comes whoever's behind him will probably actually factor in for a decent amount of the snaps Sanders if he can just give us 60% of the snaps I feel fine with that I don't need you to get 75 80% 60% of the snaps for a pass catching guy who can also have the first two down works is fine with me I'm okay if you end up doing that I don't think he's going to come off the field on third downs based on how good of a pass catcher playing on 53% of the snaps catching 50 balls on 63 targets last year Miles Sanders has the upside to catch 75 balls this season and that's absolutely exciting like we said Jordan Howard is now gone he played 44% of the snaps and actually cut in with 119 rush attempts took away seven touchdowns last year seven touchdowns tons of red zone attempts and actually did catch 10 passes as well so 129 touches and seven touchdowns are now out of this offense on the ground a lot of goal line work is back there 14.8 touches per game is there to go around. Like I said, when Jordan Howard was out, Miles Sanders went from around 14 touches per game for his seasonal average to 19.6. He added about five and a half touches per game.
game during those last six weeks of the season. Now, I don't think they're going to just feed him 20 touches per game. I don't know if that's the type of back they want to use him as. Just give me 16. Give me 17. Some weeks to pop it off for 20. But if you're giving me 16 to 17 touches a week, an extra one to two receptions a week, an extra one to two red zone touches a week compared to last year's full season, Miles Sanders is going to go and be a top 15 overall pick for you and potentially push to be a top eight, top five running back potentially as a ceiling. So when you sit in there in the second round, and if for some reason he's fallen, fallen into the late second round, do not hesitate to hit that button on him. If you're there in the first round and you pick at number 11 and guys like Joe Mixon are already off the board and it's like Miles Sanders and Austin Eckler left, I think right there is, is a tough decision between the two of them, but I think it's completely fine to go ahead and take Miles Sanders. That might seem like a bold stance right now, but he's, his draft capital is only going to raise as the year goes on and people start to look into fantasy more. So don't be dumb. Go ahead and get him before everybody else actually catches up that Miles Sanders is a borderline first round pick this year. All right, all right. If you've liked the information so far, give me a second of your time right now and please do hit the subscribe button. Big one's going to come up on the screen. And if you're wondering what that little monkey icon is above, that's Monkey Knife Fight. It's a player prop based site that is doing the promotion down below me. If you sign up with a minimum deposit of $10, they'll throw $10 in your account plus five. So 15 free dollars there. If you want to put $50 in, they'll give you $50 plus five. So for your first deposit, they'll always add five onto whatever you are depositing up to $50, hundred percent match. It's just player props. So if you wanted to go for more or less with Miles Sanders, 72 rushing yards in say week one, whatever his number is going to be, you can do that. Now you can play different sports. They'll have golf, they'll have NBA, depending on when you're watching this video. So go ahead, check it out. If you already play player props and you just want to get over and take advantage of the promo, that's fine to do. The promo code is Vetri, or you can use the link in my description. Again, it's a hundred percent match up to $50 and they'll throw in another $5 for you. So do not hesitate. What are you doing? Hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell, do it all. Take a couple seconds of your time and check out monkey knife. Fight. I know what you're thinking. Oh, Sal's got the draft fever. He's got the draft fever. He really thinks that Clyde Edwards Hilaire is going to come in here. Oh, the general manager said that Damian Williams is going to be the starting running back. Well, here's a couple of things for you. The general manager does not run the team. He doesn't know his talent. Patrick Mahomes said, go and get this guy. And they went and got him in the first round when they potentially could have traded up and got him in the second round. And he was an absolute beast at LSU when it came to this exact same style of offense. You have a very good offense around you. You are very shifty. Just catch the ball and do numbers with it afterwards. Now, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I'm not really advocating for be, him to be a first-round pick right now. I'd, I'd still rather have Miles Sanders over Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, but I do think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to push a top 12 running back this year. I currently have him ranked as my 14th overall running back, and he's going off the board in some drafts in the late second round, in the third round, when I currently think that he's right now eligible to be pay, taken on the turn after the first round. If you pick 12th and you get a Miles Sanders, and then he's still on the board with your 13th pick, I wouldn't hesitate to take Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, to be completely honest with you, in PPR formats. I mean, in my opinion, the guy is the upside to catch 70 to 80 balls this year. And that's just PPR points alone. That's not factoring in that Patrick Mahomes running backs average 1.7 touchdowns per game, 1.7 touchdowns per game under Patrick Mahomes, not even factoring in the 80 receptions, not even factoring in anything that he does on the ground. So he just turned 21 years old. He's 5'7", 207 pounds. And those were the knocks against him, his size and his actual pass protection skills, which are major concerns. If he can put on five to 10 pounds before the season starts in the last time that he was measured, well, then that's going to help him a ton. But most running backs usually do that from their leap from the first year to the second year. And his 2019 season with the LSU champions in college, football. He had an 85 PFF grade. He was the most valuable running back in terms of wins above replacements, second best rushing grade. He had 55 receptions on 64 targets, 55 receptions. He ended up breaking 71 tackles. That was over number 14 overall 
in college football last season. Ended up seeing a 10.2% target share, caught 55 of 64 targets. He had 66 total receptions in his final two years of college, his total career there. He only had nine rushing attempts in 2017, so you can't really count that against him as a true freshman. But then in his final two seasons, he saw over 350 carries in those 66 receptions. He's had a ton of work, and he's been extremely, extremely elusive and efficient in the passing game. Because again, his only knocks are really his pass bucking, his size and his speed, but he's, his upsides completely are his pass catching work. How this fits into the Chiefs offense is a one it is fantastic so what did the kansas city chiefs offense look like last year before we got there we can't really look at his stats in the nfl well because he has none yet so in 2019 these kansas city chiefs running backs saw 3.5 red zone rushing attempts per game and the chiefs were 27th in rush attempts per game at 23.5 they ranked 19th overall and bottom 10 bottom 10 in yards per game at 98.1 kansas city running backs though this is the number that you want to care about if you're talking about clyde edwards hilaire and his skill set 6.5 targets per game and 5.6 receptions per game five and a half receptions per game. If you give Clyde Edwards to the first round pick, four of those receptions per game, just four of them, the man is going to average close to 70 receptions on this season. He's going to get around 65. And that's if he only has four. That's only if he's below average from what they did last year overall to their running backs. Their offensive line ranked 13th in the run blocking department. And that had to do with a decent amount of injuries. They did re-sign a couple of guys this offseason. Speaking of their offseason additions overall, Damian Williams, they did actually end up picking up the option on him. He's got one year left on his deal. They signed DeAndre Washington from the Oakland Raiders. So that's another running back in this backfield. Although based on the draft capital of the first round pick for Clyde Edwards-Lair, I think DeAndre Washington is likely either out of a job or now just pushing Darrell Williams for the third running back job or Darwin Thompson for the third running back job. And then some of those guys are going to actually be out of a job, unfortunately. Sammy Watkins restructured his deal. They brought back the Marcus Robinson. They brought a couple of guys in on the offensive line and Mike Reimers, and they re-signed Wiley and other offensive linemen for them. No major subtract- subtractions on the offensive side. And then in the NFL draft, they took a third round tackle, which is going to help that a little bit above average offensive line. And then obviously with their first round pick, they took Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. So a ton of stuff was done in the offseason to just bolster this offense and really not much was done to subtract from it. They ended up somehow keeping both Demarcus Robinson and Sammy Watkins, where they already have Tyree Kill, McCole Hardman, all these other players on their team, Travis Kelsey. So it's going to be absolutely fantastic for this offense. Again, it's, it, it's going to do numbers as it has for the last two years. Now, when you're looking at the backfield competition here, the backfield competition is Damian Williams for the most part. Second year running back Darwin Thompson, based on the draft capital of Kyle Edwards-Hilaire, he's not going to be a factor. Darrell Williams, not going to be a factor. They brought in DeAndre Washington, who saw over 40 targets last year with the Raiders, but again, Again, he's not going to be a factor. It's going to be a battle between Clyde Edwards Lair and Damian Williams. The fact that they did pick up the option on Damian Williams, it's going to be just under $2 million to actually keep him on the roster this year, does bode well for Damian Williams to actually get some playing time this year. It's not going to be all that much, in my opinion. I think that, sure, it might start the season off as a 60 40 split, but you're going to get Clyde Edwards Lair as the main pass catching back. And as the first round capital says, he's going to be involved and heavily involved. In 2019, Damian Williams saw just under 500 rushing yards on 111 attempts, seven total touchdowns, and he got 30 of 30. 37 targets. Now, Damian Williams was also banged up last year, and he really has missed 10 games due to injury since 2017. So there's another upside for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You have a guy on the final year of his option who's not due a ton of money to this team, and they just put first-round draft capital in you. You're going to be probably making more money than him. So investment-wise and incentive-wise, and just age and everything, only 21 years old compared to Damian Williams, who is now a few years older than him. He's going to be the, the borderline first overall running back that should be on this team. And I don't really care what the GM says about that. I know the GM had came out earlier and said uh, back at the beginning of May and just ended up saying, oh yeah, this is going to be Damian Williams' backfield. It's going to be a committee. Clyde's going to have to earn the role. Trust me, he will earn the role if he gets any sort of preseason or any sort of training camp to do so. He's just that good. So to me, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is a must-draft running back because you're going to get him. If you're doing drafts right now or even closer to your season, people are, are not going to know the name as much. They're going 
to be scared to take that rookie because it's not Zeke. It's not Saquon flashy name since coming out of college. It's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Nobody really talked about him as much as being a first round pick, but like those other guys, although they were early first round picks, he also was a first round pick going to maybe the most ideal, if not the most ideal situation. If he's going to slide into the mid or end of the second round, or even the third round in your drafts, I'm snagging him. I would snag Clyde Edwards Lair at the beginning of the second round in most drafts as it stands today. Now, this final guy is probably going to throw you for a loop. And before we get into that, I want to let you know that I'm building a tool right now, depending on when you're watching this, it's the beginning of May. Um, if, if you're watching this later on, I'll put it in the description. I'm building a tool for a draft guide as well as just a little site to have some of the NFL content this year. So be sure to check that out. If you're watching this at the beginning of May, it might not, might not be done just yet, but definitely in June towards the end of May, that stuff will be up there. So be sure to check it out. And while I have your attention, big subscribe button, hit it. There you go. Now, let's get into this final guy that we have, and I know it's going to throw you for a little bit of a loop. Tariq Cohen. Oh, Sal. Sal, Tariq Cohen's not a, not a first-round pick. He's not a second-round pick. Yeah, yeah. Did you listen to the beginning of the show? Tariq Cohen is going to be a value pick for you. You can get him in the 11th round, the 10th round of your drafts right now. Did you know that? Did you know that you can get the guy who was third overall in top five last year in pretty much every running back receiving category, and you can get him, and he was really mainly just behind Austin Eckler and Christian McCaffrey. We like those guys as first-round picks or borderline first-round picks for Eckler, right? And, and no, number one overall pick. We like those guys, but we're not going to talk about Tariq Cohen, the guy going in the 10th round of drafts right now. I don't understand it. You're not looking for an RB1 here. If Tariq Cohen is your flex for some weeks and just running back depth for you, this is one of the best ones that you're going to find. He's going behind a bunch, a bunch of backups right now who don't catch the ball. Tariq Cohen is actively on the field. Tariq Cohen played 49.8. Let's just call it 50% of the snaps last year. Only 64 rushing attempts. We don't care about that. He caught 79 balls on over hundred targets as a running back. That was third overall in targets with 104. He was fourth overall in running back receptions with 79. He had around 700 total yards last year. He was just heavily involved, not only on the field in the backfield, but as you saw in the first game of the year last year against the Packers on Thursday night football, he was in the slot and he went into the slot often. And this offense really suffered from not getting into the red zones. That's why David Montgomery was absolute dust last year because Mitch Trubisky just sucked. So now they brought in Nick Foles in the offseason, and that should definitely help. Tariq Cohen ran behind the 20th ranked run blocking unit last year. But again, we don't care too much about that. Here's another really crazy stat for you. Tariq Cohen, out of all the running backs in the league, saw the second fewest boxes with six or more defenders in it. So he just saw no stacked boxes at all. And that's good because one, they know that the guy can catch the ball. He's probably not going to run as much, but that also creates deception for if he was to run, he can pick up a ton of yards. And two, there's a lot of room for him to operate in the off open space where he is absolutely deadly. In the off seasons, the Bears made a ton of additions uh, and a ton of subtractions to their offense. The additions were Nick Foles via the trade. They signed Jimmy Graham for some reason to a ton of money after being a Packer. They just signed Ted Ginn Jr. as well. And then Trevor Davis, they signed as well. So they took a bunch of old Packers in terms of Jimmy Graham and Trevor Davis. Not a lot that's going to stand out there outside of Nick Foles, who should be pushing and potentially should be the starting quarterback, which is going to help this offense for fantasy purposes. Their subtractions were Taylor Gabriel, Trey Burton, and then Kyle Long retired on the offensive line, which is somebody that they're definitely going to have to replace. That's going to be somebody that they miss. In the NFL draft, they did not have a first round pick. They spent second round pick on Cole Komet, a tight end. They spent a fifth round pick on Darnell Mooney, a wide receiver, and then they took two seventh round linemen. So that's how they improved their offense in the draft by taking a tight end when they already had literally nine on the roster at that point and just signed Jimmy Grant and gave him money. Why not take another tight end, make it nine? Cohen's durability, he's missed zero games during his NFL career over the last two seasons. He's been in all 30 of them and he rarely pops up on the injury report for a smaller size back. I mean, the guy only weighs 180, 185 pounds right now as it stands, came out as 179 pounds and he's only 5'6". So for being such a small back, not popping up on the injury report that much just speaks to the volumes of 
He's a pass catcher, deadly in open space, and he's good at avoiding contact. Now there's obviously backfield competition. There's a starting running back who's coming into his second year in David Montgomery. Now we're not, we're not trying to say that Tariq Cohen is a starting running back here. No, I'm not, I'm not saying that he's a, a second, third round pick. I'm saying that Tariq Cohen, for somebody who caught 79 balls on over hundred targets last year, why is he be dra- being drafted in the 10th and 11th round where some third string rookie running backs are getting drafted right now in redraft formats? It makes absolutely no sense to me. The only running backs behind him are Ryan Nall, who barely stepped on the field last year and really only stepped on the field in the preseason. You have David Montgomery last year, who was just atrocious. 242 rushing attempts for 889 yards. 3.7 yards per carry is absolutely brutal. Saw the end zone six times, and three of those times were because of short field and short uh, one, two yard runs because of turnovers. So he was just absolutely terrible. He broke a ton of tackles, which was nice to see, but he only had 25 catches, and he ranked 30th in elusive rating. So although he was breaking tackles, he was doing nothing after that. He was outside the top 32 running backs in yards after contact. He was 35th. That's so, so bad. So who cares if you're breaking tackles if you're not doing anything after it? So what I'm trying to say is that David Montgomery is not this wildly efficient pass catching running back. He didn't even have uh, two receptions per game last year. And he's not going to be based on his skill set, especially when you have Tariq Cohen back there. So Tariq Cohen's threat of losing some receptions is not going to happen. If Tariq Cohen as your your fourth running back on your roster, your depth chart, or a third running back as your flex spot, if you have two studs on your team, is going to catch for you, I don't know, 79 balls in the season. Even say he only catches seven, 70 balls for you. Say he catches four and a half balls per game, and then he picks up three, four rushing attempts per game. I mean, this is a guy who's seeing 10 attempts per game total last year. You're really going to pass up on that in the 10th round in PPR formats when he has the upside and the big playability. And based on last year and his 2018 numbers, last year might've been a down year for him, a down year for him based on the touchdowns that he just didn't see with only three. So yeah, I'll take Tariq Cohen right now in the 10th round of drafts. He's going right there, as you can see on the screen, FFPC, 124th overall out of 12 teams on average. That's the 10th round. That's midway through the 10th round. I'll snag him up there all day long as a flex option, as a third or fourth piece of running back depth on my rosters. So those are four guys as of right now that are must drafts based on their draft capital, in my opinion. I want to know who do you think out of these guys is the one that you're most likely to try and snag and shoot for in drafts? I'm very curious to see that. I really want to get all of them, to be honest with you. It's hard for me to pick uh, right now. Obviously, the guys earlier on, like a Joe Mixon, Miles Sanders, stand out a little bit more, but very hard for me to pick between these four guys. I just want them all. So let me know in the comments down below the question of the day that we said at the beginning of the show Do you want Devontae Adams or do you want DeAndre Hopkins this year in PPR formats for the 2020 fantasy football season? Before you leave, be sure to smash the subscribe button. Take a second, hit it. Big one's popping up on the screen right now. Hit the like button and the notification bell. I do appreciate you. You can reach out to me on Twitter at DFS or in the comments below with any questions that you have. These are the must draft running backs for the fantasy football 2020 season. I will see you all in the next one. I hope you enjoyed it. You can put your shoes back on now. You can go about your day. See you, gang.